0: There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsucom listens to get your first class free. thats injits Richard listens i n j i t s u.com/richardlessons. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Richard Listens Podcast. It's an exciting Monday here in Los Angeles, the day after Father's Day, and it was a happy day. It was a sad day. I hope all of you had a great day, but it was a mixture of ones for me, as this was the first Father without my dad. So I'm sure that'll be a theme today on our few podcasts we record today. I thank you for bearing with me, but my commitment to you is to bring all of me to the show and be present with you. As always, uh, please interact and send me your interesting questions or guest suggestions at Richard Listens Instagram or via patreon.com slash Richard Listens. Today's guest is a mentor, an inspiring figure in the field of sports psychology, and the author of this book, Rebound, Carrie Jackson Cheadle. She's a mental skills coach and she's an expert in mental training for athletes, exercisers, health and wellness and works with all the levels of athlete performers uh, whether they be in sports, business or life and helps them build resilience, improve upon outcomes and accomplished goals by incorporate mental skills training. She's the author of On Top of Your Game as well as Rebound. She's also a podcaster and she's a certified mental performance consultant. She's also a mentor of mine. I'm grateful to have her on the show. Without further ado, I'm going to welcome in Carrie Jackson Cheadle. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to the show, Carrie Jackson Cheadle. Thank you so much. This is uh, an exciting day. Thank you for joining us.
1: My pleasure. I'm glad to be here.
0: So yes, before you came on, we were talking about all your many roles, the fact that you lead a a mastermind for other people in the performance psychology realm, you host a podcast, and I was really amazed in reading your bio, you have really carved out this niche around helping injured athletes. And I was reading this book prior to the, the quarantine that we all went into. But the theme that's come up for me in the last few months has been interesting to see about transitions and how there's often, you know, the only the only transition or one of the main, we don't know about a quarantine, but athletes do go through, through injuries. What parallels have you seen between these last few months and some of the Lengthy research that you've put into Rebound and into your your Facebook community and your podcast.
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting to see some of the parallels. And for a lot of people, especially if you've gone through injury or if you read the book, it was immediately apparent, which I think was really fascinating. So, I mean, the book, even though the context of it is all about injury recovery and thriving through that process, really. Everything that I talk about and all of the research and all of the tools, really it's about in the greater context, it's about how do I deal with an unexpected setback, right? And so, and within the book, it's within the context of injury and being an injured athlete. And, you know, for a lot of people, when you think about your athletic career, that's one of the biggest challenges you might face is if you sustain an injury and what that transition back into your sport looks like. And so with COVID, when this all started, there were so many and still are so many unknowns and things, you know, that we weren't able to do and that we had to very unexpectedly shift in a pretty profound way. And so there were a lot of parallels when, when it came to, you know, thinking about, What happens to an athlete in that situation where you're in the middle of your season, things are going amazing, and all of a sudden you're injured and and everything that you thought your future was going to look like that season has suddenly changed? That's exactly what happened with COVID, right? Where not in a million years did any of us, I think, maybe somebody did, maybe someone that was studying this stuff knew it was coming but like for me not in a million years or could i ever have anticipated dealing with something like that where it's very suddenly everything shifts right your whole every touchstone your worldview, everything that you knew about what you thought the future was going to look like is different
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everything is an athlete linear and planning ahead. What's the next step? You know, what are the stages? How do I go to the next tournament to get seen that would put me in a position and all of a sudden it's all removed?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you were, had it all outlined like, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And all of a sudden now you're doing 14, 15, 16. I'm like, wait a minute, what? That wasn't even on numbers. I was doing letters. Like,
0: what's happening? I like that. I mean, the, the beauty of being a performance consultant, this is something that maybe not all the listeners understand. Yugi could help the coach you could be there to help player the organization and so i've come across several coaches who are kind of like who am i now i mean they're grieving i mean their players are calling them this month it's the summer they're supposed to be at a a tournament players are kind of like getting That's, a zoom diploma some
1: of the athletes i work with that just not even thinking about like oh i can't believe i don't get to do my final season but also like i had them talking about like i can't believe i don't get to walk or across the stage. I can't believe I don't get to like have the feeling of walking out of my very last final exam out of the classroom and the, the relief and joy and freedom that comes from that feeling. And then coaches too, where it's one of the things that happens sometimes with injured athletes is worse when you have a high athletic identity and that's a big part of your world and who you are in the world. When you get injured, you feel like, oh, my gosh, well, who am I if I'm not, you know, carry the basketball player, carry the snowboarder, carry, or, you know, whatever your athletic identity is. Same with coaches. Like, who am I if I can't? coach and be in my job and in that place and try not only support their athletes that are going through this crazy time of like i don't understand how my season can be over or my career for some people but also as a coach like oh my gosh what does this mean and are we going to have a season and what do i do if we can't go back to school in the fall and just there's so many things that people are dealing with right now in every field. been really fascinating to watch how athletes and coaches and, and everyone in the sports world is navigating all of this.
0: I got a glimpse. I, I went on a early, like it was my first time being on a, a freeway in Los Angeles before 8 a.m., probably in four to six months. <laughs> and I, and I, I went to take to visit Cathedral High School downtown. They must have built Dodger Stadium around it. Oh, crazy. You know, and, and and I met the coach and he, like, they have the championship banners across the wall. And, like, I mean, the weight room, you know, where, like, you know, still, like, the pads are, like, split in half, but people are still in there working out. And it was, like, it's just so, like, it's both amazing, these institutions of, of sport, and yet they're empty and they're uncertain.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And nobody knows how it's going to look.
1: No. Yeah. It's I mean, it's such a an interesting call to action for having to be in the present moment. Like you just don't have any choice but to take it one day at a time and and that's all you can do when there's so many unknowns, like right, like it, right now, it's reading tea leaves, trying to predict, you know, what's going to happen. So crazy and interesting. I really, really, honestly, do see opportunities in all of it too. And I'm pretty big on that, and that's a big part of the book and rebound too. Is um, I talk about obstacles to opportunities, and that sometimes when we face what seems like an insurmountable challenge really held in there is gem of an opportunity if we allow ourselves to be able to tap into that growth mindset and view it in that way. So I really do think that there are so many tremendous opportunities in this significant challenge that we're all facing.
0: Yeah, I want, I want to know, I want to hear more about, you know, that from from you professionally, how that's become an opportunity, or if it has been, I know a lot of people public speaking, uh, having those events canceled could be a hardship. Yeah. And also maybe how you've directed your clients, uh, it, it, you know, who come to you and say, well, you know, is this a good time to keep working on my, my mental game?
1: yeah yeah that's it's been interesting actually to see some of the ways that people have pivoted in terms of the work that I'm doing with my clients, and thats you know because there there isn't competition happening right now it's it's shifted in a few different ways for some we've pulled back and looked at well where's the opportunity, right? So in terms of, are there other areas of my performance that I could be working on right now? So for some, it might be, they might, you know, if they were in their regular training cycle, they wouldn't have a lot of time to work on maybe flexibility or strength training, um, depending on what, you know, what their sport is and where they're at in their training cycle. So maybe they're focusing on that. I have some of my Olympic athletes that are like, I've never, there's I've never had an opportunity to have a break like this. I'm actually going into maintenance mode and they're like building like gardens for the first time in their life and like doing macrame and like just doing all this amazing stuff that they never would have had the time or opportunity to do I feel
0: feel more normal now thank you
1: yeah oh yeah 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 not everybody's like going out there and hitting it hard and I was talking to in the beginning of COVID when it was pretty stressful I was talking to some of my athletes about that where like Maybe now isn't necessarily the time to look at getting gains because one of the things we know through research is that when you're under higher levels of life stress, you're at greater risk for injury. So it's okay to go into maintenance mode. It's okay, you know. And then for some of my other athletes, we are working on how do you maintain your motivation to train when you don't know what you're training for, you know, and how do you keep going out there and and doing your workouts when you have to do them alone? You know, so motivation has been a big one too, but then also just life resilience has been a big topic right now. And just like, how do I deal with this as a person? Like some of the stressors that people are facing through all of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that's one of the greater, that's one of the greater causes of injury, right? Is other stressors, some of the risk factors.
1: Yep, yeah, it's definitely a risk factor. And they, you know, we're still trying to understand exactly why, but some of the, there's a few different things that we know about when you elicit that stress response. One of, we lose our peripheral vision, um, so you kind of, you you might lose sight of things that are coming at you that you'd normally be able to prepare for, so that's one thing. We also are less likely to be able to have access to certain parts of our brain that make decisions, so we might, our reaction time might slow down, um, so, So there's a lot of different things that we think. And then the other thing that's interesting too is uh, I've seen during this time is athletes that are injured and some of the stressors that they've had with having to put off treatment. And um, the other thing we know is that stress can slow down the healing process because it can impact your immune system. So really, you know, With my injured athletes, some of the conversations have been around that, of like, how can we really think about managing stress as much as we can because we don't, you know, uh, it's, they feel like their timeline for some of them had to put off surgeries, their recovery timeline got pushed out further. And um, for some people that worked out great. And for others, it was a significant stressor. So that's how
0: confusing is that, right? Like, you know, you're just searching for like the controllable, Um, what's my recovery timeline? And you're met with this like other moral health concern of, well, if you get a surgery, you could be putting yourself at risk. Yeah in a career-ending way or in a life-threatening way like it's it's complete. so the fact that this is the exact time to reach out to a consultant or you know provider to kind of walk through these decisions because they're beyond sport yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah it's been interesting that my athletes that have really been grateful that we are, you know, that we have been working together and they've been able to get that type of support during this time, which has been really interesting to be a part of and to watch them go through that process.
0: Yeah, so a little bit we'll shift gears. I always like to feature, you know, the, the performer themselves. I mean, you know, you've presented at conferences, national conferences that I've attended. You know, how did you get inspired, take on all these different roles? Did, did you go through an injury yourself? What motivated you to be there in this way at such a time for
1: yeah, I did actually. I've gone through quite a few injuries myself and but the the thing that really led me to you know the path that led me to finally writing this book, there were a few different pivotal moments and And one pretty significant one was I had a knee injury um, uh, before graduate school. So before I knew any, before I knew sports psychology existed and knew anything about it, I, knee surgery, arthroscopic knee surgery, torn meniscus, and I had a really hard time recovering from that and regaining my confidence in my knee. Um, especially for my, so my sports were snowboarding and rock climbing. And in particular at that time with rock climbing, I, I couldn't trust putting my full weight on that knee to be able to step up on, you know, in certain moves and climbing. And I really, really struggled. And I struggled during the rehabilitation too, with pain management and just all kinds of stuff. And so then fast forward a few years. And I decided to um, go study sports psychology for my graduate work. And while I was in the middle of the program, injured my knee, same knee, different injury. I tore my MCL and just like a fluke, uh, snowboarding accident. And almost immediately, like as they're taking me down the mountain in the sled, <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm going to apply everything that I'm learning in the program to recovering from this injury and see what that's like to apply it there. And the difference between my first knee injury and my second was light years. Like, I can't, there aren't even words to describe how different that was and how remarkably incredible my second recovery was compared to my first recovery and that I came back into my sports stronger than I ever was before the injury because of a lot of the mental training that I did during that recovery time. So that was a big one for me was recognizing like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know about this. Um, And we weren't, even though there was a lot of research and now there's a lot more research at this point going into injury recovery and the mental aspects of it there was no applied help for athletes there's all this research but no one out there kind of like disseminating this information and helping them do this and so you know i had done some work with a lot of injured athletes in my own private practice and then i um was running some support groups and then it it really dawned on me like okay now it's 15 years later after i realized everybody needs to know this and there's still nothing out there like what's happening (laughs) so then i wrote the i was like all right this is this is my next book is is this uh is rebound and helping give injured athletes like the t- the actual tools to be able to first the understanding to see like, oh, that's what I'm going through. And that's what I'm experiencing. And all of this is normal. And now here's what you do to help yourself with confidence and resilience during that injury process. So it's, it just was like, it was past time. And now there's all kinds of momentum with it, which is super exciting. There's like all this research and other people that are doing Work and injured, you know, with injured athletes. So it's really exciting for me to see them, you know, that specific population getting the help that they deserve.
0: I'm glad that you, it sounds like you found your calling and, and your why. <laughs> and and yeah. like, there's nobody telling, there's nobody reaching people, you know, these athletes and, and, and from. You know, I'm just thinking of stories and the stories that that are in rebound, which are which are really amazing. Athletes who one day are part of a locker room, who are part yeah. of even if you're in an individual sport, you know, you're part of a, a climbing team. You know, you still have people who are used to seeing you out there, and all of a sudden, you know, there's there's so many things that go with being isolated removed the stress response like you said your perceived pain levels when you don't have the endorphins or the connections I mean I know myself coming out of college having had a back surgery like there there is nothing you know it's very isolating yeah. So you, you got the idea to, to create the, the community online. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's become an entire network of, of resources for athletes to be there for each other. How yeah. has it evolved?
1: Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. Like, so I had that idea for a while. And then when I decided I was going to write the book, and then I ended up connecting with my co author and, and decided, you know what, let's collaborate. I think this will be a great collaboration instead of doing it solo. I finally was like, you know, I, I told Cindy, my and I was like, I've had this idea for a while of having the injured athletes club and it's a support group online. And we were like, you know what, this is the perfect time. We, you know, let's do it. Let's support athletes in this way. And so it's growing like gangbusters. It's so fun. Um, and now it's, it's amazing to see all of them supporting each other so um, you know we're still in there and active and like engaging with the group and and encouraging people to share their wins and share their challenges and but you know they're giving each other more uh, support and advice now than we possibly could just the two of us so that's been really cool and then we decided to do the injured athletes club podcast So that we could bring, you know, one of the things that's nice, I think, is hearing, is just hearing stories of like other people have faced these hardships and they've gotten through it. And, and here's some of the things that were really hard about it so that they can. You know, have someone to identify with, like a story to identify with, and also maybe have some inspiration and hope and messages of advice from other athletes that have been there.
0: So, are there are there moderators? Are the athletes just you know in there running it themselves? Like how how, how have you built?
1: Yeah. It? So for the Facebook group, the um the support group. So my self and Cindy moderate, it and um, there's certain posts you know we're so we're sharing resources where every Wednesday we have our hashtag winning Wednesday where everyone gets to share you know have different prompts and have people share what they're proud of that week or you know what's something that they're feeling grateful for Um, and then Fridays are feeling Fridays or Friday feeling. And we have different prompts for like, you know, what's the thing you're most excited about when you return to your sport? Or like, what's been the biggest challenge or the biggest emotion you felt this week? So we're, you know, people are talking with each other, but they'll, a lot of times now, people in the group are asking their specific questions. So we encourage everyone to introduce themselves and tell their story. And then they'll say like, you know, they might ask, like, I'm going through this injury. Has anyone else, you know, dealt with this? Or they might have a, like, I'm really struggling with motivation. Does anyone have tips on how to keep going with my rehab? You know, so they're, putting the questions out now and getting responses from each other.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, it's kind of a pivot for a second here, just based on the recent events in our country. You know, obviously, I'm speaking for myself. When I was home and isolated, the the emotions are so much more intense. Yeah. Did you notice any of uh, the protests in terms of the racial insensitivity, these things coming up and into the injured athlete discussion?
1: No, uh, you know, it's, it's great. It's a really great question. And, it, um, and I was curious about that because I know that was happening in other groups and other online communities. And we didn't see a lot of that coming up. I think, I don't know if it's just because of the nature of the group. And it's so very focused on injury and on this one experience that you're going through in this moment in time but yeah that's a great question so i but there has been a difference in terms of like how um, emotional people are feeling which i think is because of the greater context text of everything that we're going through right now i don't know if everyone recognizes that you know right. and, and but i definitely have seen that and um would absolutely attribute that to you know we've We were already feeling a bit raw from dealing with everything we needed to, with all these unexpected changes with coronavirus, that when another, you know, big emotional, significant emotional hit comes like, and you're already feeling raw, it just, our feelings are on the surface. And I think sometimes that's very good.
0: It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to InJitsu.com slash listens to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports, all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. And a group and and a community. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, the the it's like at the tipping point. And, and a group and a community can be corrective, right? Having yeah. if you're in a place where you feel safe, yep, then it's kind of like you feel protected from the avalanche. The L.A. Times this weekend did have an interesting article on the power shifting now more towards the athlete. In in terms of the choices of uh, where they go to play, where they will return to, identifying more with their coaches' belief systems, yeah, uh, and the community that they're going to, yeah. How do you think this may impact choices yeah. going forward for us?
1: That's a really interesting question. i I think I think that it will both impact choices which I think is going to be really interesting, this been so curious to see how I was already curious to see what this transition was going to look like for athletes coming back and things that would change and things that would remain the same. And now even more so with, um, with thinking about where will people choose to go and will they put more thought into wanting to make sure that they are going somewhere where they're going to feel supported and have similar values to their coaching staff but also what i think and hope we see is once everyone is back, you know, into their teams and sports and like back into competition and training that when things do come up, that there will be no tolerance instead of like, you know, so in this, this applies to so many different aspects of sports culture, where we sort of just accept something as well, that's just part of being in this sport. And we see that a lot with injury too, you know, so what I I hope happens and what I'm excited to potentially have happen is that we hit a tipping point with many things where we just kind of recognize we don't have to do the status quo anymore just because that's the way we've done it. And we don't have to accept that as part of our culture because, oh, that's just how we do things here, or whatever. You just brush it off. I think when things get that raw, you can get to a place where you can say, no, Uh uh, that is 100% unacceptable. And there's, and I, and have our own hard boundaries about that stuff. I don't know. I hope, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Is that what's happening? I don't know if you have any. NBA clients on your roster, but, you know, in terms of players having a little bit more power and saying, no, I'm on my own recovery timeline, or I'm going to trust my own doctor.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It, um, sometimes. So what happens with injury in particular, it depends. <laughs> oh, man, it's so complicated, too. And this happens not only in professional sports, but also collegiate sports, where sometimes you might have a team doctor, and then you might also have someone that you trust as your own personal doctor. And when you have a difference of opinions between those two, it can be very stressful for the athlete. So I, I think one of the shifts that I'm seeing happening that I, I hope is happening because i am encouraging everybody to realize you're a part of your treatment team you know it's easy for us to fall into the dynamic of well that's the expert so they're going to tell me what i should do and i need to trust that that's what i should do and that's what i need to do to help me get better but that it's really okay to ask questions and to communicate what's happening with you and to feel like your gut's telling you maybe something a little bit different so that you're taking in all of the information. One of the the dangers of this that I tell my clients is that like you, you gotta do your gut check and I'm a big proponent of getting a second opinion and I really encourage that. I think it should just be mandatory for uh, everybody should just get that. Uh, But you, you gotta make sure when you're thinking I'm doing my own recovery, I'm not going to follow the guidelines that you're giving me that you're not doing that because you think someone else is going to give you the answer that you want, which is you can get back quicker or it's not that bad, right? So you really have to do your gut check to think like, oh, okay, am I getting a second opinion because I don't like what this person told me and I want a different answer? Or do I feel like I'm not sure this person and I are aligned in what my goals are? I don't know if this is a good fit. Or it might just be, I want a second opinion to back that up. Because sometimes it's, even if your secret goal is to get someone to tell you something different sometimes it just feels good to have someone back it up like okay now I got two people telling me this is the deal and I gotta get surgery or whatever
0: it is I I mean I when I was you know having back surgery at 23 years old and and I didn't you know the community I was from you know New York conservative at the time right around the millennium you know like everything was cut you know, everything was surgery. Yeah. So no matter yeah. how many opinions I get, I received, yeah. it was the same opinion. Yeah. So, you know, how do you encourage athletes who are maybe the first time away at college or even, you know, young pros to get informed when maybe they don't have the resources to be bringing in their own private doctors yet? Like, Kawhi Leonard, right? They're not that stage of their career to you know. So how, how do you get this balanced opinion and make the right decision when you're on a scholarship?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I think one thing to take into consideration is that we can alleviate anxiety and feel more empowered when we have actual facts and information. However, one of the dangers in our current sort of technological world is that we now have access maybe to too much information. So you really have to balance it out and recognize that it's so empowering to get information so you know like in the injured athletes club on facebook people will ask each other like what were things that you did and so that's information gathering although it can be really powerful you also have to recognize everyone's injury recovery is different everybody is unique in what their needs are and their recovery might look different than yours however it might expose people to different treatments that they didn't even know existed when you have it's almost like a crowdsourced type of information cuz you might instead of you know being by yourself and maybe there's one other guy on your team that had the same injury a couple of years ago and maybe you can call him up you've got potentially you know, you know 50 other people that have had a similar injury that you could crowdsource information from you just have to be cautious about getting <laughs> too much information you know and it's okay too to like if you say you meet with your doctor number one it's always okay to ask questions i encourage people to go in with a list of their questions um it's okay you know to ask them if you you know, bring an advocate with you or record the session, because a lot of times what happens when you're in there and you're getting information that's unexpected devastating. Exactly. You're completely overwhelmed. You you haven't as soon as the doctor says something about your injury, you don't hear anything else that he or she says after that. So it's okay to ask if you can record it. It's okay to bring someone with you that's gonna take notes for you. Um, And it's okay to ask your physician, like, is there someone else you would recommend that I get a second opinion from? Um, And if they, uh, like, if if you get a reaction from them, that's like, oh, well, you know, like a guffaw like you don't need another one that's not the person for you and i just you want, want to
0: highlight person. one of my favorite sections from from rebound so i hope everyone's getting the point that i want you to read <laughs> it it's it, it's important for professionals and it's important for for athletes is that when support falls short because it's very easy so often sounds a little cliche hey it's correct crisis going on you have an injury you know you're in a quarantine get support yeah. But what happens when your support is failing you? whether it be because they're biased in their opinion or because they're they're biased racially and they're insensitive or culturally yep. so so what happens then and you know what are what are some of the tips I thought that was great And another thing that I really grabbed on was the different types of support to know what you're asking for. Sometimes you're looking for information. Sometimes you're looking for uh, motivation. Maybe if you can just take a minute. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a significant part of the recovery process, like this idea of support. And, you know, social support we know through research in general, not just with injury, but but specific to injury also that social support is a buffer against stress so athlete support system is going to have is going to factor into outcomes of their recovery journey so really thinking about and there's two pieces right there's both making sure that you're being proactive about asking for the support that you need and understanding the support that you need as well as making sure you know kind of assessing your support system and seeing is there someone else i need on my support team that's going to fill one of those so it's not just it's sort of twofold because one of the things i see happen sometimes is that maybe we don't recognize what type of support we need in that moment or we assume that the person that we're talking to should know exactly what kind of support you need in the exact moment that you need it, which like, if only, it just doesn't work that way. So busting that myth, is huge. Uh, Because a lot of times what I see happen is an athlete goes, and when you, when an athlete's seeking a specific type of support and gets a different kind, it's very stressful in that moment. So helping the athlete, have more awareness around that and understand like, oh, I'm looking for this kind of support, but they're giving me this and putting language around it is really helpful because then they can recognize, oh, either I need to ask this person for that support. So say like you're at your doctor's office, they're giving you informational support, which is what they're supposed to do. But in that moment, you need some emotional support right? So there's two, you've got a couple choices. You either need to ask that person for the support that you need in that moment, or you need to recognize, oh, that person, that's not the type of support that I'm going to get for person. Like if I need that support, who else on my support team, who else on my team is going to be able to give me that?
0: And that happens to us as professionals as well. Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. Sometimes I need to reach to Carrie and say, how do I get this book published? (laughs) And sometimes you need someone to to give you an attaboy. You can do this.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Quarantine's
0: an opportunity.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) We need all of those different pieces. Yeah. Can't rely on one person to give them all to you it's not it doesn't work
0: that's great and so the you covered the the four different types of support you mentioned which i think is really great to start thinking as an athlete about that even from your coaches or your consultants, you know, a topic that interests me that'll be in uh, the Richard listens crossing the threshold book. Hopefully, we'll have it out nice. in 2020. Uh, we can talk timelines later. Uh, <laughs> but is is burnout right? And a lot of people yeah. hear this term, you know, and especially a lot of my clients happen to be. Uh, I'm surrounded by two hospitals uh, here, Cedar Sinai in LA, and and on the front lines with uh, the COVID crisis. I was getting the uh, foreboding a few weeks before we were, we were sent into quarantine. So uh, how do you help with burnout when, when you're in a situation, whether you're an athlete under such intense pressure that doesn't remit mm-hmm. uh, or you're a physician bombarded with uh, you know, high-risk clientele?
1: Yeah, one of the things I'm telling all my athletes right now is to double down on their self-care. So when you're under higher stress, um, you we're not always able to remove the stressors that we're facing. There's a certain reality where there's these stressors that we're being challenged with and we can't necessarily remove them. So how do you balance it out? Like, how do you make sure that you're filling your cup as much as it's being depleted, uh, so to speak? So... Um, you know, really making sure that you're doing things for yourself, you know, kind of understanding your recovery, so to speak, and, and what you need in order to help both with your physical and mental health and making sure that you're doing that for yourself, that it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. Um, so I think a lot of times we think, you know, these things that maybe we would do that are just you know, one of the things I'll have my athletes do is is come up with a couple different lists of things that uh, help manage their stress. And there's one list that maybe are like the big hitters, which is am I getting enough sleep? You know, am I getting, am I getting my workouts in? You know, so there's certain things that we know help our stress response in, in bigger ways, some of those things. And then, and then there's the other list, which is just like your joy list. Like, what are things that you do for no other purpose, but they, but you enjoy them and making sure that you're giving yourself that. And a lot of times feel like, Those are luxuries, but really in terms of optimal performance and the way our brains work, you know, works is we need that as a part of this holistic picture. So what can you do for yourself right now that has nothing to do with work or sport or anything that's just something that is enjoyable for you to do? Even if it's like, you know, so I have a lot of my athletes are working on their morning routine. So we're shifting like how the bookends of their day, like the beginning and the end of their day so that that at least they have something that's sort of holding the space that feels a little bit differently instead of rolling over and looking at their phone first thing in the morning when their alarm goes off and like checking the newsfeed and then immediately getting a stress response in that way. So what are, th- you know, bo- it's both taking ownership over the choices that you're making and recognizing maybe I am making choices. It's actually contributing to my stress. Um, and then making different choices and doing things for yourself and, and not thinking that it's, you don't deserve it. Um, or I see people fall into that trap too, where they feel like other people are, are going through things that are so much bigger than what I'm going through. I, I, and feeling guilty for feeling overwhelmed by you know not having a set routine you know as an example when really it's like that's a significant stressor I don't think people realize um, and that it really is okay for both of those things to be true at the same time it's okay for other people to be going through something much much bigger and much harder than you are and at the same time, it's okay that you're overwhelmed and stressed and need to do something to take care of yourself. And you taking care of yourself isn't somehow being disloyal or or not respectful of people that ha- are going through something much bigger than like those two things can happen at the same time.
0: You said so many profound things right there, you know, from just being mindful and compassionate and, and tuned into. We we are being impacted, uh, you know, from young athletes to to professionals by what's going on in the world. And if you're not taking time to tap into it and see how maybe you don't don't look at it or have not thought about it um this might be a moment to on the other hand if we just you know there's a reason why denial exists right exactly there's a reason why as a coping mechanism yeah you ask people how come they haven't dealt with that You know, Mm -hmm. people often say, how come they haven't dealt with that for 30, 40 years? Shouldn't they have dealt with it? Because, you know, it's very intense. And the level of pain that some people go through, uh, if you grow up without a parental figure or uh, going through something traumatic, it it may take a lot of emotional energy to go through that. And if you don't feel you have the right support present, yeah you will trust your what you know which is going to your sport that's a safe domain
1: that's so true yeah yeah it's funny denial is like you know a very effective coping mechanism for you know but it only works to a certain degree right where i think it's really interesting to see when real change happens it's when you no longer you're no longer afraid of dealing with the uncomfortable feeling. Um, I think sometimes people go into denial and they don't face these really difficult feelings because they feel like they're going to be swallowed by them and they can't handle it. There's this like real kind of visceral, reaction that i think sometimes we're very good at moving away from big emotions and not so good at moving into them but yeah. what, what you realize when you move into them is there's so much power there and that it's not going to swallow you and that you can handle it and that to a certain point it's no longer okay for you to look away if you want to really actually affect some significant change.
0: Yeah, I mean, I got the image, uh, you know, of the pressure cooker on the pot, and we're just trying to, you know, keep it down, and and it's boiling over, it's telling you, right, that the the temperature's too hot, and that's an important communication system. Anxiety is this, this wonderful tool of telling you there's something not attended to. Yep. And so I just got done reading uh, Tim Grover's Relentless, so I'm kind oh, of laughing because part of him is like, just be the assassin basketball player, you know, right. be tougher, you know, fight harder, no days off, no, you know, just, just you have to embrace that you're going to outwork your opponent. And yet part of me is like, well, you know, that's, that's just not my message. You know, there's <laughs> a balancing out right now, especially in times like this where, yeah. you know, you need to be mindful and that actually the, this process of slowing down and checking with your emotions, getting more in tune, like you said, it can help you channel it more yes. effectively. Yep. So, you know, people are afraid if I take a day off from my, my sport or if I take this time to recover, you know, if I go in with this mentality of it's holding me back or slowing me down, yeah, you know, then that, that creates belief systems in yourself as well, as opposed yeah. to, I'm going to attack this recovery with not just hitting the gym and doing the stretches and but i'm going to also get the inspirational support i need uh the relational support maybe i need to work on my connection to my family and and maybe some mindful you know work on your emotional presence like you said how do i expand my peripheral vision how do i not be so flooded with emotions after one bad play or a drop pass yeah
1: yeah it what's great about the book is like people are starting to realize athletes that are going through it for their injury recovery are starting to realize oh wait these tools are resilience tools and they are going to help me in my sport as much as they help me with my recovery so i love you know that it's um it's interesting too like sometimes you don't understand how critical Recovery is to your optimal performance, both mentally and and physically. Sometimes until you get get injured, you know. And, and athletes are always worried about, like, oh my god, everyone else is gaining fitness while I'm losing it. But by the time they get through, one of the lessons a lot of them learn is like they have a, such a greater understanding of their body and a greater under, understanding of how important recovery is to the big picture and so instead of like I got to drive I got to keep going I got to work harder That they understand oh in order to work harder i also have to let my body rest Um, instead of feeling like that rest day is somehow holding them back and sometimes you don't really get that until you get injured and it's kind of smacks you right in the face (laughs) you know
0: it's one of those things i wish i knew when right like I, i had to go from You know, leaving Skid Row, then trying out for a basketball competition as I was about to turn 40 to realize that even though I'd had this back surgery, I could get stronger by, you know, working on the core and the other areas of the body. I haven't, you know, thank knock on wood. You know, the no back pain, despite doing types of lifting, squats and deadlifts.
1: Nice.
0: So some of that is who teaches you and how they teach you yep. form and, and strengthening other core muscles. But it's like, if you wish you knew then that the injury doesn't stop you from becoming a great other, getting stronger, yeah. Yep. you know, it may help you reshape the way you know, you focus, prepare, train, uh, and, and attack, right? It doesn't make yeah. you uh, weaker. Yeah. You know, in fact, right, if you're building, uh, te- you know, elasticity in the muscles, if you're building flexibility, even Shaquille O'Neal did ballet, so.
1: Yep, uh, that's right.
0: <laughs> don't be afraid to buy a foam roller and a band yes. uh, to go with your weight set.
1: Oh man, I love my foam roller. Not everybody can say that. I love my foam roller.
0: (laughs) Um, People are like carrying them around now. They're like,
1: Right? I know, it's so funny.
0: (laughs) So, Carrie, I, I really appreciate your time. You know, maybe just in closing, you know, share what's coming up for you you know, I really love uh, the, the 80-20 rule, uh, everything, everything that's coming out of, of Rebound. Share what, how can people stay in touch with you and, and what you got working on as we yeah. relaunch?
1: Yes, the big relaunch. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I have all kinds of mental training tools on my website, which is Com, And then we also have, resources specific for injured athletes at, um, www.injuredathletesclub.com. Um, and over there at that website, you can get access to the podcast, to the Facebook group, um, get on, jump on the newsletter. And there's some really great resources that that we give out to people. Um, so you can contact me in both of those ways. And I'm really thinking about, yeah, some more like what, offerings for both for doing some group coaching for injured athletes online and then also starting up a membership around resilience so I've I've got some some of the blessings of COVID is me thinking about some of these other cool things I want to start offering so so that, those will be coming down the pipeline hopefully sooner rather than later but be
0: sharing all the <laughs> the show notes all the ways to contact Carrie uh on Twitter or Facebook uh, or the various uh, websites. Uh, what's one way, Carrie, you've been keeping yourself sane through all of this?
1: Oh, man. I've been um, having, I'm definitely working out. That's been a huge one for me. That's a very big part of my my mental health, actually, in addition to my physical health. But also I've been doing these, like, little stay staycation uh before we were able to go out where my partner and I he and I would like decorate our whole living room to look like a beach and had beach chairs and like tropical fruity drinks <laughs> with fun umbrella straws and like just like p- pretended like we were on the beach had the ocean playing on Alexa in the background <laughs> like it was so that's been part of my sanity during this time.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being generous with your time and for being a mentor. And I'm hoping to roll out a similar program for our retired athletes. So hopefully yeah. there'll be some uh, collaboration down the road. And uh, thank you for all you do for the community, for the world, for the field of sports psychology
1: absolutely my pleasure yeah thanks for having me on the show
0: thank you ladies and gentlemen please catch out if you haven't checked out rebound uh, and you can where can you get it Amazon where else on your website. Yep.
1: Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you can, yep, on the Edge Club website or at the publisher um, and also Target book.
0: There you have it. <laughs> true leader in the field. Thank you again, Carrie Jackson Cheadle.
1: My pleasure.
0: Well, that was a true treat, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope uh, you got the hint to please go out, check out Carrie Jackson Cheadle, her website, her book, or her podcast and if you are an injured athlete or know an injured athlete, check out the Injured Athletes Club on Facebook. Athletes more in coping and dealing with their transit and injuries. I'm Richard Listens. Check me out on Instagram at Richard Listens. Uh, if you need help, please contact me on my website or performance coaching or clinical psychology, richardlissons.com. I'm Richard Listens. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouthguard that is state-of-the-art. These mouthguards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters. But even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash listens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Jitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to Injitsu.com slash RichardListens to get your first class free. That's injits ucom sucom slash RichardListens. Take care everyone.